Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Bad times have a scientific value. These are occasions a good learner would not miss. These are the words of Unitarian minister and author Ralph Waldo Emerson. He himself knew his share of bad times. His 19-year-old bride, Ellen, died of tuberculosis, from which he too suffered. Both his brothers died of TB. And Waldo, his five-year-old son by his second wife, died of scarlet fever. I am told that Emerson was so deeply bereaved that he asked that Waldo's tomb be reopened. Yet this same man of so much tragedy said, bad times have a scientific value. These are occasions a good learner would not miss. I suspect that what he means is that we would miss them if we could, but given that we can't, we'd best see what sense we can make of them. I want to say right from the top that Unitarian Universalism does not subscribe to a theology of the redemptive nature of suffering. When we speak of Jesus, we speak of the teacher and his teachings. His life, more than his death, is what we find instructive and deeply meaningful. There is no death which we glorify. Even martyrdom, no matter how stirring, is heartbreaking. Unitarian Universalism stands on the side of life. Provided we can stay away from the temptation to make sense of senselessness, senseless violence, for example, life and death proffer us the opportunity to mine the depths of our sorrow for something that moves us to insight and makes the good times just a little more exalted for our having fallen hard. Hard times invite us to engage in a spiritual practice of character building. Here's Arlington Street's friend, life coach, and author Cheryl Richardson on spinning hard times into something good for our souls. I've learned a thing or two about problems, she writes. First, there are very few that are life-threatening, very few. Yes, a problem may cause a setback, hurt feelings, enormous amounts of frustration, or feelings that are so overwhelming that it makes the situation appear insurmountable. But in the larger scheme of life, if you handle them right, they rarely cause irreparable damage. This little bit of wisdom always reminds me to step back, breathe, and engage my sense of humor. Second, Cheryl Richardson continues, I've learned that where things are concerned, I'm better off spending my time and energy on the solution rather than rehashing the details of what happened. 
Too often we get caught up in the drama of the details rather than the focus on the reality of what needs to get handled. Once we shift our attention to what has to happen next to get the job done, we'll feel more empowered. And believe me, that's a good thing for everyone involved. Finally, she concludes, the most important lesson of all has to do with finding the power in the problem, an opportunity for spiritual growth. If you've lived with a problem right now, if you're faced with a problem right now, remember this. There's gold hiding somewhere, and it has to do with the growth of your soul. Every problem carries an opportunity for us to become better people. Let's spend some time with this. First, yes, very few problems are life-threatening. Our friend Tim speaks of luxury problems. If we're very lucky, our problems are luxury problems. We don't need to ignore them. They still need to be addressed. But let's get the scale right. Stepping back, getting some perspective is a big bonus. Sometimes we have to think on our feet. If we can buy some time, though, we should at least buy enough to be able to take a deep breath, get our heart rates back to normal, and at best, sort it out with someone we trust to think clearly. It's an added bonus to talk with someone who knows us but who has no relationship to the problem or to the other players in the drama. Our friend Mary does this online. She has a whole network of peers whom she has never met. The other thing about stepping back is that we are less likely to hurt someone with our thrashing. While I don't recommend simply leaving the room when we reach an impasse in a difficult situation, it never hurts to call for a break in the action, a preemptive ceasefire, and to use the time to get out of light mode, our fight mode, our animal response to feeling threatened. For an allegedly highly developed species, we human beings spend an awful lot of time in flight mode or fight mode, we are responding from our amygdala. Do you know about your amygdala? Don't get nervous, it's in your head. It's the ancient animal part of us that processes emotional reactions and memories associated with emotional events. It may save your life. You definitely don't want to live without one but it can seriously hamper higher level reasoning and reasonable conversation. Once we become aware of its profound influence, we can come to know that's what's at work in our reactions. The trick is to talk ourselves down off the amygdala response and bump ourselves up to higher reasoning. To Cheryl Richardson's second point, yes, the drama of the details can be very compelling. Who said what? Who said what to whom? Who said what to whom and when? We could spend our whole lives reconstructing the past and never really get it right, and to what end, there goes the present. In general, we tend to be a little too interested in whose fault it is, whatever it is, and a little too uninterested in mustering a solution 
and moving forward. We can change that. Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh tells a wonderful story to illustrate this. Here's his story. A man was rowing his boat upstream on a very misty morning. Suddenly he saw another boat coming downstream, trying, not trying to avoid him. It was coming straight at him. He shouted, be careful, be careful. But the boat came right into him, and his boat was almost sunk. The man became very angry and began to shout at the other person to give him a piece of his mind. But when he looked closely, he saw that there was no one in the other boat. It turned out that the boat just got loose and floated downstream. Can you imagine how much happier our lives would be if we assumed the boat was empty and decided not to take things personally? It's usually true. Most things have very little to do with us as subject. The call to martyrdom is really quite rare. So we shift our attention. What can I do to move this along toward resolution? Some of us, and I include myself in this royal we, are a little too enamored of getting to some kind of resolution. It's not a bad inclination, but it's important to take stock and make sure we haven't lost anyone in the process. The directive remains the same, though. Looking ahead and moving forward will give us the energy and the sense of agency to make something good happen. And finally, the power in the problem, the encoded invitation to building character, to spiritual growth. What does character look like? What's spiritual growth? Personally, as much as I can have anything to do with it, my hope is that no one will emerge from sharing a rough ride, having said or done regrettable things. Harsh words being sometimes the hardest to take back. My hope is that everyone emerges from the fray with our dignity and self-respect intact, and at best our respect for one another. My hope is that as much as possible, we are constantly engaged in the sacred work of building the beloved community. When all is said and done, these are the marks of high character. Here's the recap from Cheryl Richardson. I'll conclude with what I think of as her koans, the core questions. Remind yourself that your sanity and character are far more important than the situation at hand. Pay attention to what needs to happen to redress this situation with the least amount of damage to anyone. Stay focused on dealing with the solution rather than the symptoms of the problem. What can you change? What are you being challenged to learn or practice? Does your current problem require you to use a whole new level of creativity? Are you being given a chance to practice patience? 
Is there an opportunity to care more about people than getting a job done? How is this problem providing you with the perfect opportunity for the evolution of your soul? My spiritual companions, my beloved community, this is the good, hard work of growing a soul. My friend and colleague Bruce Southworth would say, life is a chance to grow a soul. To life. <laughs>